Good morning. Well, how many of you know we live in a crazy world, don't we? Aren't you glad that we're forgiven? Oh my gosh, there's like some days I wake up and I'm like, God, are, you are still there, you are still Lord, you are sovereign, you are in control. Because last night I felt like you weren't in control. In fact, God, I don't even, I can't trust anything in this world. You're the only one. And this series, I'm so, aren't you glad we are finishing the book of Jude? 25 verses we are finishing today. So if this is your first Sunday, um, we are finishing. But uh, my hope and prayer is that everything that happens here will just reach down into your heart God loves you. He's got this amazing plan, and he wants to connect with you in a powerful way this morning. Can you say amen to that? A couple of quick things before we get into just what's on my heart this morning. Can't wait to get going. Um, If you click on the website, we've offered something for you this Christmas to hopefully just help you every day just to get into the Word. And so if you go to mvcchome.org, or if you go to the app, which if you have a if you have a phone with you right now, it's okay. You can use your phone during the message. I know you're looking at the notes on the app. But uh, if you don't have the app, you can download the MVCC app. For it's for free. It gives you all the info. The sermon notes are on there every week. But if you click on Christmas, it'll take you to a place called uh, 25 Days Advent Christmas. And just every day there's a devotional for you to get into the Word, all centered around the Christmas season. So that's a help for you to just get into what Christmas is really all about, right? And as we heard Pastor Scott mention at the host moment, we have four services. Totally excited about um, Christmas Eve, 9, 11, 1, and 3. Now, here's the thing about Christmas Eve. Definitely, we want everybody to come. And it's a candlelight service, totally focused on the birth of Jesus. But we really, 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 really want you to pray about inviting somebody here who's lost. Maybe just lost their way. All of us have lost our way in life, right? Even if we know the Lord, there are periods that we fall back or we get weak or we feel like we don't have any strength. And sometimes we just need a loving, genuine, honest invitation. I would love for you to come to my church on Christmas Eve. And so these are provided for you at the Connection Center. You can grab you know, a dozen of them and no, they don't make good chew toys for your dog. These are better... Better to be found. Like uh, I'm just going to leave these up here because I'm going to ask maybe just some of you come up after the service is over. And oops, that one dropped off, but that's okay. Um, and just pr- take one, and you know this represents the person I'm praying for. So as you leave the service, you can just you can grab these. Hey, how many of you are thankful for MVCC? Yes. I certainly am. Oh my gosh. I just want, real quick, I got married here. Well, let me say this. I, when I accepted Jesus into my life in my senior year of high school, I was baptized here. I got, that's where I gave you know, everything to Jesus. I found my wife at Laguna Hills Mall Cinema. We were working there. We got married here in the fellowship center back in the day when that was the worship center. My children were born, and when they were little, 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 this was their children's ministry. This was their community. As they grew up and they're, you know, serving the Lord here, they found their wives here at Michigan Christian Church. So I'm like, make your kids go to church. You don't know what's going to happen, right? You want them to have a Christian faith and you want it to be genuine and you want them to someday be with somebody that loves the Lord. Not just goes to church, because anybody can go to church, but really loves the Lord, right? I have had highs and lows. I've had Back in the day, not recent, back in the day, felt like I wanted to resign, felt like I wasn't worthy enough. I felt like, God, you got the wrong guy here. I have all those highs and lows over the years at MVCC. 
But one of the things that makes this place really special and things have changed, the building changed. This building was added. The baptistry outside was added. The grass area, things changed. But we, the people, is what makes this place special. And I just, as your pastor, one of our pastors here on our team, I know I can speak for our our entire ministry team. We just so, so want you to love Jesus and to grow in him. And we want this to be a place that you feel like, you know, I really want my friends, my family to come to the Lord. And of course, you know as well as I do, people aren't attracted to a building. Oh, it's nice to have a building at the beginning of a project and all that. But that isn't what sustains people. People come back and people are touched because they connect with someone, right? That's how it was for me. Stepped out of the car when there was a parking lot out here where the grass area was. And this youth pastor guy who was like 40 years old, he was on staff here. His name was Dick Worthington. And he just kind of put his spiritual arm around me and helped me to love Jesus. And it was kind of just from there that, man, I have such a passion for you, God, because there's somebody who's helping me. So we want to continue to expand this place that provides an atmosphere for that. Does that make sense? So that's why we put a lot of resources into Mission Kids. If you haven't seen our Mission Kids area right behind us, please take a moment and walk through it. If you haven't seen our student ministries area, that's up the second floor and the downstairs floor. We call it the landing. And it's just, the place is first class. And we really felt like it's important because kids and teens today, they need a place to connect. Would you agree? They don't need any more of this. I don't have my cell phone, thank God. I don't have it right now. But they don't need another screen. They, they need this. And so that's why it's so important that we provide places and atmosphere so that they can love God and connect. Well, this is what we want to do next year right outside our area. I just a, a picture of what we want to do. We're calling this the pavilion. And it's just an outstretched arm of love and people and connecting right out here outside the grass area when you first walked out. Uh, it's going to be a park area. It's kind of a, uh, it has some posts with some sails. Kind of this, when you go to the spectrum, I like the spectrum because it's outdoors, but it feels indoors. And then we're trying to capture a little bit of that. And here's the reason, because we want you and others to have a time to connect And sometimes we're so busy to rush off. It's not bad things. We have things to do, important things to do. But we want people to take a little extra time to spend here. And those conversations that sometimes happen around a cup of coffee or a Krispy Kreme or something else that, hey, how's how's life? Well, it's, it's funny you ask that because I'm going through some stuff right now and I need some help. Sometimes that won't happen if we're quick to rush off to the parking lot. Agreed? So I'm just asking, prayerfully asking, and there's no pressure here. You know if you've been around here, I don't like people who pressure me. I'm not pressuring anybody. I don't want any guilt. I just want to offer an opportunity. And myself, my family, we've decided to give a financial extra Christmas gift to Mission Vale Christian Church above our regular giving. We just give every single week here at MVCC because I love God and I love this place. So we're going to give a special financial gift. We didn't budget for it. We're just trusting. This is what God told me to do, and I'm going to do that. So I'm just asking to prayerfully consider giving a special Christmas financial gift to MVCC. And you can just do that at any time. You can give online, or you can give here. The boxes are outside, or right on the outskirts of our worship center. And uh, 
feel free to do that. You don't need to earmark that, anything like pavilion. You can just give because we're just trusting that God's going to do it. Right? Uh, We have some baptisms after second hour. Isn't that great? And I just, I, I bring this up because this is what it's all about. People finding Jesus and people saying, yes, I want to stand in that water and I want to submit my whole heart to you, God. There are seven, I think at this moment, seven people who have given their life to Jesus and uh, they've committed their life and they're saying, yes, I'm all in. Um, five, five or six of them, I believe, are from the Spanish-speaking service. Pastor Julio's been leading that ministry for over a year now and just doing a great job. So um, would you please just pray? Uh, because every time someone comes up out of the water, and what that really represents, if, if you're new here, or maybe baptism is something you know, that happened when you're a baby, and what is adult baptism? It's simply a decision to say, I give my entire life to you, Jesus. And so when Jesus was baptized, that's why we do it, because Jesus did it. When we go down into that water, when these people go down into the water, they're saying, I agree, I believe in Jesus. Believe he died on the cross, and he rose again. And I am now dying to myself. And I want you, God, to live your life through me. And so it's a death resurrection experience. Here's what I pray for all the time. When someone comes up out of that water, first thing I hope they see is they just sense, God, you are amazing. You have saved me, God. But I want them to see people. I want them to see you, that there's people standing with them. We're not coming to a church service. We don't just sing some songs and hear something and then just go on life unchanged. Life, we want life to be changed all the time. And so it's important they know that we are family here. And I want them to know that they have people who are standing with them full on, full time. Right? So please pray for them. Hey, um, so I'm going to get into the message. If you have your Bibles, uh, Jude, last two verses, 24 and 25, and we'll get to that in a second. But to set this up, I like um, when I hear something that you know, God has given me. I want to make sure that there's context to it. So uh, how many people here love parties? <laughs> Christmas parties? You have to wear the sweaters. You have to stay around. People talk who you don't know. It's kind of awkward. When are we going home, right? But everybody loves a genuine celebration. Where there's been an accomplishment or more importantly, where there's been a struggle, where there has been pain or a trial, and you get through that thing, there is celebration, right? In in, in recovery, right? We're all recovering from some kind of sin, right? Can we just be real, right? And Jesus forgave us by the blood of Jesus, man. We're washed clean. We get a whole new start. We're reborn through a, a spiritual connection through Jesus. And once we come to that place of total surrender, there's victory, Even though there are trials and hardships, there's celebration, right? In 1972, um, the Steelers, Pittsburgh Steelers, NFL. Yeah, there's one fan out there. All right, two. All right, Pittsburgh. Um, They were were playing the Oakland Raiders. I did not see this game. I was too little at the time, but um, I saw many, many videos. This I'm going to show you is the, what what they say, professionals and experts, commentators of NFL They're saying this is the most exciting, amazing play in football history. If you know probably what I'm speaking about, it's called the Immaculate Reception. I thought that was fitting because it's Christmas, the Immaculate Conception. Today we're going to see the Immaculate Reception. 
But whoa, 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 hold on. One second, one second. Sorry. Just pause it one second. I'm sorry. So this is 1972, right? They are playing. There are 22 seconds left. The Raiders are winning seven to six. This is the last play. Terry Bradshaw, one of my favorite guys. I'm a huge Steeler fan. So I'm just going to love these few seconds here. But let's watch this, and then there's an ending point to all of this. Last chance for the Steelers. Bradshaw trying to get away. And his pass is broken up by Tatum. Tipped off. Michael Harris has it. And he's over. Stop. Michael Harris. Grab the ball and a deflection. Five seconds to go. He grabbed it with five seconds to go and scored. Let's watch one this again. One million to one odds on this one. Ricochet out there off of Jack Tatum and into the man of the year, Franco Harris's hands. Here's the miracle of all miracles. I, every time I see that, I, I still can't believe it, right? It's, it's a miracle. And if there's a miracle in football, that's got to be it. Here's what I wish, you know, they would have shown after the video more, but they saw, you saw a little bit of it. It took 15 minutes to start the game again because there were like four seconds left. It took 15 minutes to start the game again because everybody was celebrating the victory. Did you see all the, this is back in the day when you used to jump off the sides of the rails and they'd let you run on the field. I remember seeing those things. It's amazing. And then it took two hours to get people off the field. Isn't that amazing? I was thinking about that. There's times I go to the Angels game or maybe a Rams game or just some exciting event. And when there's that moment of victory, man, I am on my feet, high-fiving people. I don't even know. I'm high-fiving strangers, right? And there is celebration and there is victory. These two verses right here in Jude, we're going to read them right now, are all about, it's what's called the doxology of the entire letter. And what he's doing is he's celebrating because through the book, he basically talks about, do you remember? Truth is important. Holding on to convictions, living for Jesus, not holding anything back. It's so important. And so verse 24 and 25, which we're going to read now, I love these verses because he's saying this is their song. This is their victory chant. This is what they're celebrating at the end of the book, at the end of the day. So he writes, Jude, to him who is able, who's the him? Yes, good answer. How much do you win? You win, a, you win a prize. You get to go to Hawaii. You and Kim get to go to Hawaii. Next year, we're going to... No, I'm just kidding. To him who is able to keep you from stumbling. Anybody ever stumble here? Right? Anybody ever have any fear? Anybody ever fall back into the old mic, the old ways, right? We all have done that, right? Stumbling and to present you before his, what? Glorious presence without fault and without, or with great joy. To the only God, our Savior, be glory, majesty, power, authority through Jesus Christ, our Lord, before all ages, now and forevermore, exclamation point, amen. It is so different than the first 23 verses. The first 23 verses are hard. They, 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 they're not easy because it causes us to take a look at what do I really do believe? And I'm really, am I really standing up for truth? Am I watching for those who might come in and hurt my family or hurt my business or hurt the church? And that's tough stuff to deal with. We don't like that. But at the end of the day, when we trust God and we say, I'm all in, now these two verses are celebration. It's the ball falling into your hands. You are running into the end zone and you are celebrating God. Does that make sense? 
Now, if you're going through something, like we all are probably going through something, seems like it can be really big or really small, or maybe we came out of something, or if you're here saying, well, this really doesn't relate to me, Mike, because my life's wonderful, my life's great, I don't have any problems, just wait, because life will get you, right? And you might be going into something, one phone call can change your life, one doctor appointment, one email, one Instagram post, it can change, change everything. I love David. I'm going to use David as an illustration about what we, I believe, where we need to be, especially during Christmas time. This would be a place where there's so much joy, so much excitement. I know that we got real stuff we're dealing with, but there are people out there you work with and you go to school with, they're hurting. People are, are dying on the inside. Some people you know aren't even sure they're going to make it to tomorrow. And you and I, who have the gift, the gift of Jesus, He wants us to live in such a way that, yeah, we're going through something we don't like. We're going through something that's really tough. I don't really know how this is going to work out. I've been trying. I'm still trusting, trying, but trusting. But I got joy in my heart, man, because I know that Jesus Christ is alive. I know that he's real. I know that he's risen, and he gets all the glory. Even if we're going through a fight, we can have the victory, right? I wanted to read just real quick 2 Samuel verses 1 to if we could just have, thanks, Keith. This is, this is David's, I call this his struggle to strength. The reason I bring that up is we can't have strength without struggle. I, I am such a firm believer that unless we go through something with God, we'll never get to a place where, oh my gosh, I feel, I know his strength is there. So he writes, David saying, David saying, King David back in the day, to the Lord's words of this song, when the Lord delivered him from the hand of all his enemies and from the hand of Saul, he said, the Lord is my rock, my fortress and my deliverer. My God is my rock in whom I take refuge, my shield and the horn of my salvation. He is my stronghold, my refuge. He is my savior from violent people. Save me, you save me, God. I called to the Lord who was worthy of praise and have been saved from my enemies. The waves of death swirled about me. Do you see, he kind of takes a shift here. The torrents of destruction overwhelmed me. I called, uh, the cords of the grave coiled around me. The snares of death confronted me. In my distress, I called to the Lord. I called out to my God from his temple. He heard my voice. My cry came to his ears. Aren't you grateful for that? He always hears our cry. And the Lord, I love verse 14, the Lord thundered from heaven. The voice of the Most High resounded. He shot his arrows, scattered the enemy with great bolts of lightning, and he routed them. The valleys of the sea were exposed, and the foundations of the earth lay bare at the rebuke of the Lord, at the blast of breath from his nostrils. We'll just stop there, because don't you, I want you to see with me, he had some struggles His enemies were against him, and he cried out to the Lord, and God rescued him. But I don't believe that David understood the full impact of God's deliverance and the way he can rescue us unless he went through difficulties. Unless he was in a fight, King Saul was constantly after David. He was jealous of David. David was a small, tiny little shepherd boy out in the middle of the pasture taking care of sheep. He came back in one day. His father lined all of the brothers up. And the Lord brought Samuel and said, this is the one right here, David, out of all of his brothers, which were much more tall, much more rugged looking, probably stronger. And David, little scrawny David, God picked him to be the next king of Israel. 
And as he was picked, Samuel put his hand on him and he put oil that dripped down from his head to his toes because there was a signification that there's an anointing on this young man. I am going to use him. Why? Because the Bible calls him a man after my own heart. He's not perfect. He doesn't have it all together. He never will. But he has my heart. He wants what I want. He has a passion out in the pastures to talk to me. He wants to listen to me. He wants to have interaction with God. And why I love this text, just to set up where we want to go in Jude 24 and 25, the last few moments here, is that unless David, I want to say again, went through the struggle, he wouldn't know the strength. Almost every psalm that he writes, if you do a little study yourself, I just encourage you to do this. Almost every psalm that David writes, inspired by the Holy Spirit, comes out of something that was going on in his life that was a struggle, either within himself or enemies against him. Are you, are you with me? And usually what he, what he does in his psalm is he, he's not complaining, he's crying out. In fact, there's a place in, in his psalms where he says, I flood my bed with tears. I don't have any tears left to cry, God. I'm crying out to you. You're the only one. I need your help now. And then he finishes with, God, you are holy. God, you are righteous. God, you are a mighty fortress. You are, you are a fortress in my life. You are the high tower, God, that I can run to. As we just read, he's mighty. He's holy. He's awesome. He is the God of gods. There is no God but God. The God of the Bible. But when he comes to this place of celebrating and victory, in the middle of those psalms was hurt and pain and fighting. Well, I don't know if this resonates with any of you, but it's certainly I need this message today because I need to come to a place and remember that there is a place of celebration and victory that God is still on the throne. It's just like the Christmas story. Love Christmas it's my favorite time of the year. We really dig down into the story and what was going on. Angels came, and what'd they do? They sang. They had victory. They sang, this is the Messiah. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. And the wise men came from miles. They waited years, followed the star, and when they got there, they worshiped him. They sang a victory chant, if you will, by offering gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Mary sang when she knew, God, this is your gift to me. I get to bear for nine months the son of God. It says she broke out in song. There's something about celebrating and worshiping. Today, I want to talk about the assurance in the victory and being on the offense against the devil. Right? So three things that I see here in Jude, two little verses packed with so much truth. God has already, already provided a way to keep you from falling away. Didn't he say that? He said that at the beginning of verse 24. I have already provided. If you feel today you are falling. In fact, you know what, Pastor Mike? If I told you my story, the fact that I'm here today. When I remember my yesteryears. Why can't, if I'm forgiven at all, why can't God just wipe the slate clean? Why can't I just forget it? Why are the memories still there? And sometimes I will let the enemy lie to me that that's 
who I used to be, and God really doesn't love me, and God really hasn't forgiven me, and there really isn't a victory. That's why it's so important. He's already provided a way for you to get out. He's provided a way in the middle of the fight to find that place of victory, not walking to victory, but walking from the victory of Jesus, right? Number two is this. You must plug in to your purpose. I always say this is not magic. God doesn't throw dust on us and like, okay, it's all just done. Go about your life. You have to step into something. It's just like Jesus gave us the free gift of salvation. It's free. There's nothing we can do to earn God's love, God's favor, God's relationship. There's nothing we can do to buy heaven, earn it, be good enough for it. We'll never be good enough. So he says, look, I'll just give you this for free. It's like a Christmas gift. If you just receive it, I have to do something to receive it. Does that make sense? We all have to receive Jesus Christ. There's no one here in the room that's better than anybody else. We're all stinking rotten sinners. Let's just get down to the real reality of that, right? That's why it's so important you must first plug into relationship with Jesus now. Don't wait. Today might be the day of salvation for you. Listen, I had no idea I was going to meet Jesus. I was going 37 years ago to catch some blonde to date her. I had no idea when I was sitting in a big auditorium that I was going to meet Jesus that day. The Holy Spirit has a wonderful way of getting us to where we need to be, right? So you got to plug into your purpose. So purpose, what is it? Now that I know, if those of you who have already accepted, what serving God. Now my whole life is to serve God. So if I wasn't a pastor, honest to God truth, if I was not a pastor, I would still, my wife and I did this. We still gave 10% of our income to the Lord. We came to services every Sunday. We, we got involved. We worked with junior high kids. We served. I didn't say, well, how much do I get for this? Uh, where's my name? Where's the title? We just served because I was under such good teaching that, that when the pastor said, hey, we need extra help on Christmas Eve services because we need about 58 people to help greet and make Christmas Eve happen so everyone has a wonderful time and most of all, somebody gets to hear about Jesus, I'd be like, yeah, whatever you want me to do. We never had to have an announcement. We just served, right? So t- we need about 57 people to finish our Christmas Eve services. Uh, we need some of you to jump in and help. It's like for one hour. Come on. Why not? Well, we got lots of stuff to do to Christmas Eve. We all have something to do Christmas Eve. I know. It's okay. It's wonderful how God will all of a sudden, if we just say, God, I trust you. It doesn't work out on my finances. I really don't know if I have time to come for Christmas Eve and serve. God just seems to work it all out. Gosh, it says in Matthew 6, 33, Holy Spirit, why did you bring me this now? Seek ye first the kingdom of God and all these things, he'll take care of everything else, will be added unto you. Right? All right, number three is this. Victory doesn't come by accident. Oh, that's the one I needed today. Because I grew up in the OC. I grew up here. Everything's quick. Now, drive through. I want the healing now. I want the business now. I want the favor now. I want God's blessing now. I want all this now. I want my kids to do this. I I want everything right now because I was raised. I have everything I want. That's how I was raised before I knew Jesus. I, I was probably one of the most selfish people. You wouldn't like me. You, I know you don't like, some of you don't like me, but you really wouldn't like me before Jesus. I was so selfish and rotten, everything. My life was all about me. One of my, my friends would always say, do you always have to make things about you? That was what I lived by. So now, I want the victory, but I want it, God, just do it. You gotta fight for it. Because there is a devil who's after you. 
And there are forces in the world that are after you. And this one more, one more thing, number three, you have to deal with you. Because the Bible says in Galatians 5, we all have a sinful nature. We all don't just run to worship God every morning. I got things to do, important things to do. If I can fit God into my worship, I'll fit him in. If I get the victory, but I'll do the chant later. If I can sing, I'll sing it later. I don't really have, I don't have time now to do it. David said this, victory does not come by accident. I have to be willing to step in. God used David as a wonderful illustration of this. I love 1 Samuel 17, the fight, the big fight against Goliath. Everybody knows this, even non-churching, unchristian people know this one. The giant came and taunted the entire nation of Israel for days. The whole nation, nobody, nobody would step out from Israel. Not one person would be willing to say, I trust God. David saw this happening and something welled up within David. Why? Because he's a man after God's own heart. He can see God in this whole situation. If he focused on the giant, he never would have been able to have a victory. This is what he says as he looks at the giant. I love this. Come here. He's four feet tall. Dude, Goliath was ginormous. I'll give your flesh to the birds and the wild animals. David said to the Philistine, you come against me with sword and spear and javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty. Here he goes again. The God of the armies of Israel you have defied. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hands and I will strike you down and cut off your head. This is all for junior high kids. They would be eating this up. They'd be standing up going, yeah, where's the video game? This very day I will give, look at this, the carcasses of the Philistine army to the birds and the wild animals and the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. I love that. Where's David? He's, he's being trained. If there wasn't a giant in his life that he had to fight, he never would have known the victory that God can bring through one little stone. Bam! Right in the forehead, he falls down, cuts his head off for a victory, right? That was his trophy. And then as he walked through the town, he heard the cries of the people. Saul slayed our thousands, but David, they were singing, slayed tens of thousands. Why? Because as soon as he finished that victory, there was another one. In 1 Samuel 19, 8, God said, David, it's not over, man. I need you to go back into battle. And he killed an entire Philistine army. David's confidence came because he didn't just, watch this, this is, this is me, man, this is where I need it. If I'm the only one in the room that needed this one today, this is it. David did not have all of these victories. He was not able to write in the book of Psalms the way he wrote because he just believed God. He walked in it. Did you catch that? Where are the Christians who walk in the power of the Holy Spirit? Where, where are the pastors and leaders that don't trust themselves and trust man's good ideas and just have religious services and have a, a nice kind of easy way and people pat one another on the back? What we want is a soft serve Christianity. We want something easy. We want the victory to just come and then we get to celebrate. God says, you got to go through a fight. You're going to have to go through some difficulty. And after you go through the difficulty, you see my hand bring you through it. I don't like cancer. I don't like bankruptcy. I don't like losing friends. 
I don't like sometimes feeling lonely. I don't like the fact that sometimes depression comes like a wave. I don't like the fact that my ex is always, always on my back. It feels like I never can get one up and my kids suffer for it. I don't like all that stuff, but God may allow us to go through it because he wants to show his power. Didn't we read? He is mighty. He is victorious. He is awesome. There is no other God. And how else are we going to know that unless we walk through something and then we get through the victory? And what does he want us to do? A victory chant. Run down on the field. Celebrate. Worship me. I hear, here's, here's the word that I needed today. Worship your way out of it. When you're in a fight, when you got enemies, when you have difficulties, when you have questions, when there is confusion, you got to worship your way out. God is not your refuge from trouble. He's your refuge in trouble. The, the, the sooner I can get there, the sooner we can get there, we can get down to business. And the business is saving souls. The business is, gosh, I thought everybody would be standing and going like this, like at an angel game. Or, no, angels don't win. The Dodger game, right? <laughs> You're not in trouble. Anyone here got a trouble? I'm walking through one of the scariest, darkest days of my entire marriage right now with my wife dealing with what she's dealing with. with I am scared. I am fighting. I am trying. And I get stuck in that. I get stuck in that sometimes. And sometimes I need a brother to come up to me and they don't even know. And the Holy Spirit uses somebody to say one thing and it gets my life back on track. You're not in trouble. You're in training. Right? Pastor Mike, I'm, I'm, I'm not saying that I caused all this pain and heartache, but I'm going to use it to train you to be more like me and to fight. What general would ever go into battle without a battle plan? Right? How many here want to be a worshiper? I hope every hand, I hope every heart is just, yes. I'm talking about real worship. I'm not talking about 15 minutes on Sunday, although the 15 minutes for me are the most exciting because that's when we're all together. These songs are amazing. We have a worship team. We have a worship leader and worship team that doesn't make everything about them. We are so blessed to have humility, humble hearts. Their heart is that we all become the worship team. I know that because we talk and we pray. We rub shoulders with one another. They're on vision. They're on point. Vito loves you. He loves this place. But I know his passion is not to set some concert. His passion is to engage all of us in what God is doing. We are the entire worship team together. So it's not just 15 minutes and doing the, I call the OC church there. Do I have to stand? How long is this going to go on? When's the last song? What time do we get to get out of here? Instead of, wait a minute, this is an opportunity to remember everything God has done for me. The highs, the lows, all of it. And I get to thank God and sing the victory chant and worship him. That's what verse 24 and 25 says. He is so worthy to be praised. When you're driving down the road, when you're at school, when you're on your way to work, you're not surviving, you're thriving. 
The enemy doesn't want you to experience anything that we're talking about and preaching about here today. He, he, he wants us to stay in this OC stare where there's no engagement. And then when something bad happens in life, why is this happening to me? And I'm saying when we have that place, it's okay because we're human, but we need to have a battle plan. Oh yeah, that's not godly. That's not where God wants me to go. I know where he wants me to go because I remember David, every time he was stuck, God used him up. I'm talking about a worship experience where like Star Trek, beam me up, Scotty, right? Beam me up, Jesus. God, I want to be in the next dimension. I want to be in the next atmosphere. I want to be in a spiritual place, God. I don't want to be in the world. I don't want to be sitting next to somebody who says, when are we going to be done? Why are you singing this way? You're singing off key. I just want to sing to you, God, because I love you. That's church services. Well, I think I'll go to church service today. Well, I don't think we'll go today. We have, gosh, it's just better to stay in bed. We have things to do. I got to cut the lawn. I got to wax my dog. I got to sort my socks. I have so many important things to do. Well, I think I'll serve him. Oh, I don't really have time to do the Christmas Eve services. I don't have time to be a part of the parking ministry or get in a life group or maybe doing next steps or get into D12. Or, I just really don't have time to serve food at those women's prayer gatherings. because I just don't have time. You know? just don't have time, time, time. Well, I think I'll surrender. No, I don't think I'll surrender. Little Joey was in bed. I don't know, he was six, seven years old. The storm was beating against the, the, the winds and, the, and, and we're just beating against the, 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 the wind window where he slept near his bunk bed. And 2.30 in the morning, bam, he fell out of bed. Rain was beating against the window. The wind was howling, crying for his mom. Mom, 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 I fell out of the bed. She rushed in, said, honey, you're okay. Put him back in bed. One hour later, bam. Fell out of bed again. Mom, mom, I'm so tired of falling out of the bed. Can you help me? She says, honey, it's really simple. You didn't get far enough in. Some of us, we come here, and I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, 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 not I don't want to be uh, judgmental or guilt-ridden on any of this. I, I, I'm guilty of some of this stuff. Sometimes I come in here, I'm thinking about everything I got to do after services. Important stuff, like roll my lawn. I don't have a landscaper. When really it's an opportunity to get in to the Holy Spirit, to listen to God. God, I'm going to give you my full attention. Why? Because it's out there that we really serve God. It's out there in the world where it's hard, where there's enemies and people don't like you. They make fun of you. They don't want anything to do with you because you are a Christian. Whatever the situation, the fight is out there and worship is your whole life. The 15 minutes are a setup for what God wants to do 24-7, all day long, our worship, according to Romans 12, is all of us, all the time. I don't care if we're Baptist background, Methodist, Presbyterian, Community Church, Calvary Chapel, Episcopalian, Saddleback, Mariners, uh, whatever church we come from, maybe when we were a little kid, or maybe we've moved churches, whatever. All I'm interested is this. Have you seen him? Amen. Have you seen Jesus? doesn't matter what church name. It matters what's going on here. And worship, worship, I want you to think differently about worship. I want you to think about worship being the victory chant. So what do we do? What do we do? How do I pack all this stuff up? You gotta have a plan. Pastor Mike, you gotta have a plan because you don't know when hell, all hell may break loose in your life and you're hanging on for dear life. It might be too late to jump ahead of things because now you gotta figure out what to do. I wanna be ready before I get on the field. 
I want to have practice. I want to suit up. I want to listen to the coach. I'm going to listen to the manager. I'm going to listen to people who are in authority because they love me and they care about me and they want to win. Here at this church, I want to, we, are, we want to be a winning church. I'm not interested in just taking up space. We want to win. What does a winning church do? A winning church wins souls. You bring your friends in who are lost. Bring them in here drunk. Bring them in here high. Bring them in. I don't care. Jesus can heal anyone. He can take anyone and deliver anyone of anything right on the spot. I believe that. So what do we do? We got to make a decision to be a worshiper. How many here want to be a worshiper of God? Come on. Yeah. Good. Good. Write down your declaration before your battle. It took me 38 years to do this. To get this into my brain and to start doing it. I wrote down in my my Batman devotional journal that I have. It's my quiet time journal with God. And I did this two weeks ago. So I read a book by David Jeremiah. He's amazing. Write down the declaration. In other words, all the times that God got you out of something. You know what, I, 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 oh gosh, I, think I remember three or four. When I started listening in, all of a sudden the Holy Spirit was starting to move. There were 14 things that I identified that, God, you got me out of this. At least I could remember. I don't know how many times I've been driving down Geronimo and someone would have sideswiped me and killed me. And God all of a sudden sent an angel to make sure that I'm still here. I don't know how many times God has rescued me when I didn't see it. How could I be so arrogant and so prideful to think that God didn't do anything today? We just don't see him working. But he is, right? That's why you got to write down your declaration. I know there were 14 things that God rescued my butt out of something. And if I didn't write them down, I wouldn't be able to declare the glory. Sorry, I didn't mean to say that word. It just came out. I should have said rear end. I didn't mean to offend anybody. Praise God for the promises. Praise God for the promises that are still to come. Right? I, I trust in you. Even though David said, my enemies hate me. In fact, there's even points when we read Psalms, he goes, kill the enemy. And then he comes back to himself, Lord, forgive them, right? Praise God for the promises that are still to come. I don't know what those promises are with my wife and what we're going through. I don't know, but I'm gonna believe that God has a promise that he's gonna see us through, right? The next one is this, write down all the victories that God has brought your way. Why did I do that? That just right here. That's a mistake. (laughs) We gotta change that for the next service. I'm sorry, But anyway, sometimes it needs to be repeated, right? (laughs) Write down all your victories. And I really want to encourage you to do this in your quiet time book. If you don't have a quiet time journal, just go down to Amazon and just pick up. They have them, you know, they're really cheap. They're just blank pages and just write down the date. You write down the scripture that you uh, are reading and then all the prayers and all the things that God has done for you. I just thought of this. If my kids come to me Say, Dad, and Mom, I'm just really thankful that all the years you've been there for us. Thank you for everything you've done for us. What does that do to me? Oh, it just melt, right? When we do this with God, it's like, oh, I already knew those things, but I'm so glad that you and I are now so connected because you have a thankful heart. Isn't that great? Why God wants us to do these things? The last one is this. Make a decision to meet him in that secret place. Now, I have many secret places. I'm not going to tell you all of them. 
but one of them is here. Sit next to Pastor Scott almost every Sunday, worship together. One of my secret places is here. It doesn't always have to be quiet and personal. That can be. Jesus said, go to a closet. Doesn't mean it's an actual closet, but you go into a place that's quiet, no distractions, shut the phones off, shut the laptops off, go down to the beach, wherever your quiet place is. But quiet places can be also places where there's lots of people. And I just got to say, I love worshiping with you. So, Jesus wants all of us to know him. Thank you so much for joining us at Mission Vale Christian Church. Just know that we always have live services here every Sunday at 9 and 11 a.m. We'd love to have you here and we'll see you next time.